Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to SFP Now. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Sci-Fi Pulse here on Sci-Fi Pulse Radio. Joining us today are the uh, people from the uh, wonderful virtual reality uh, games development company, Fast Travel Games, who are here to talk to us about their new game, which is coming out on the 14th of November, which is called The Curious Tale of the Stolen Pets, um, which is a really cute puzzle game, which has some really cute animations and um, puzzles and has you doing stuff like uh, melting ice with hair dryers and and, and all sorts of crazy stuff. So here to talk to us about that today are the um, the two people from Fast Travel Games. We've got um, Andreas Juliusson, who's in in charge of... um, of all the PR and marketing stuff, and um, probably runs the Twitter accounts and Facebook accounts, I should imagine, as well as um, the creative lead on the game, uh, James Hunt. So welcome, guys, to the show. It's great having you on. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Um, I guess the first question I have um, is, um, how, how did Fast Travel Games come about? Because it's sort of like um, it's a relatively new company, and um, it seems to um, have quite a lot of uh, people that have come from from sort of like traditional PC gaming backgrounds uh, in, into, into VR. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, it, we are not new in a sense that, you know, we've been around for a little over three years now. And uh, that's almost as long as VR home gaming has been around as well. So we are one of the early studios who started up <coughs> focusing specifically on VR gaming. Um, but you're right that we have a lot of uh, experienced staff members coming from the traditional flat screen gaming industry. Uh, the founders, the three founders of the company, all have uh, quite a big history at uh, places like Dice or Avalanche, Rovio, mm-hmm. and all that. So they basically they knew each other <clears throat> from you know working together as well, and they were all amazed by VR in in 2016. And even before that, so they decided to jump ships basically and and start something uh, quite brave, which is a VR exclusive games developer on a market that had just gotten off, you know. So it's um, that's where we come from. And since then, those early days, we have we've grown to a group of seventeen people right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're based in Stockholm, Sweden, and. Uh, yeah, we are in a really, really nice position right now with you know two games coming out before Christmas and some exciting stuff for the future as well. So. Yeah, and um, it, it seems to me that the Curious Tale, um, you know, it's already doing well. It's actually um, it's actually won 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 a few awards and it's actually up for a few more, isn't it? So 
Yeah, exactly. So we won the best immersive at Brain Dance, and we're really happy for that. And we're up for another award now, mm -hmm. and uh, it's uh, super fun. It's crazy though, because the game is not even out yet, and it's yeah. still getting uh, that kind of recognition, That's which fun. is. Uh, yeah, I mean, we brought the game to Gamescom uh, as a debut demo, basically, in summer, the big gaming convention in, in Germany. Um, and that's where we first saw people play it. Uh, and, and most were just amazed and we kept smiling all the time. So we kind of felt that we had something. And, and you know, getting awards already before launch is uh, it's like a proof of concept, I'd say, that mm -hmm. makes us really happy. Absolutely, and it's a, it's a very different style of game as well. As in, it's not not really a traditional style of VR game. Um, I'm, I'm not even sure if there is a traditional style of VR game as of yet. But um, it seems yeah, yeah. it seems to have come out in in a landscape um, which you know seems to be kind of populated by a lot of shooters. <laughs> Um, as well as yeah. puzzle games, you know, but did the puzzle games seem to be few and far between um, from from what I've seen? Well, not necessarily puzzle games, but definitely games with a more playful tone. And uh, we just wanted to make a game that's uh, easy to get your hands on and uh, just fun to play. And uh, you're right, there is a lot of shooters in VR, and I, I personally wanted to make a game that didn't have any of the violent elements in it. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to have some fun sports games, you know, like a bit like Sonic at the Olympics, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that, you know. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, and you know, you mentioned shooters because our first game was just that, basically. Even though it's, it was more of an adventure, narrative-driven game, it it had a lot of combat elements to it. It was called Apex Construct, and I think. That game today has over 30 different settings options just to cater for all the different um, preferences when it comes to locomotion in the game, how you move around not to feel sick and what you prefer to do when you, your head is moving and snap turning and all that. So mm -hmm. to James's point now, our second game now, The Curious Tale of the Stolen Pets, mm -hmm. is basically taking all that and just turning it upside down. So... We're really trying to make a game that is accessible and inviting for all kinds of players. There's no need for a hefty tutorial. There's no need to go into the settings menu even. So just a game that you can start playing by using your intuition, mm -hmm. which is uh, something quite fresh and new in VR, I think, because it, it has become a little bit more complicated throughout the years. The visual fidelity is really nice, but it's, there's also been a lot of you know, different preferences that you have to solve for as a developer. Mm -hmm. Also, the great thing about uh, Curious Tale is it, it's coming out on the Oculus Quest, and the Oculus Quest is relatively new. I think it only came out back in May. Um, I got mine back in June. It was my first experience of a virtual reality and just totally blew me away. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, same here. <clears throat> um, but, you know, I also uh, had to deal with motion sickness like, uh, like, like uh, everyone else. And I've noticed that when I'm sat down or if I'm, I'm, I'm in a sedentary position and I'm sort of like moving around in VR, I notice I get more motion sickness doing that than when I'm stood up. <laughs> So yeah. it's really weird. <laughs> um, but what 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 I was going to say now is what 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 actually you know appealed to me about a uh, curious tale was the um, was was the childlike um, element of it the the the, um, the 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 animations and the cartoony characters and and the the diorama feel of it and the way you can move around the environment and uh, interact. 
um, it kind of put me in mind of a, of a child's toy that 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 you know was quite big in the seventies and and eighties uh, called Treetots. And um, yeah. some of you guys are familiar with it, but it's kind of like a, it was kind of like a a three D like model of a of a tree, and you had these little characters that lived in the tree, and it had a had a lift there where you pulled on a piece of string, and the lift would go up and down, and stuff like that. It kind of put me in mind of that. Yeah, it's funny enough. I, I've never seen that before, but when someone did mention it on Reddit and I had a look, and there are similarities, so it's pretty funny, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what I was going to ask you before when I was go- I got a bit sidetracked, uh, when, when we were talking about uh, the Oculus Quest coming to you, um, did you, when you started developing uh, A Curious Tale, um, did you know you was going to be developing it for the Oculus Quest, given that it's kind of so new? And because it seems you're releasing it across pretty much most VR platforms, from what I can see. Yeah, I mean, our focus is to be multi-platform centric. Yeah, so we we try to create our games for all the relevant headsets at that time. And uh, when we first started working on the Curious Tale, it was late last year. Uh, the Oculus Quest, of course, had been announced on. Uh, just a couple of months before. And we basically all felt that this would become a hit because uh, in the same way that smartphones did it for mobile phones, you know, making things easier and removing the need for whatever peripherals it might have, uh, we also saw that Oculus Quest had the potential to make VR more accessible and easier to get into, basically. It removed the need for external cameras. It removed the need for external power units. Uh, and it basically came with an in all, all-in-one package. So we said quite early that we have to keep our eyes on the Quest. And as hype started to build up you know, towards the launch of the game, uh, we became more confident that we have to launch Oculus Quest. Uh, sorry, we have to launch the Curious Tale for Oculus Quest as well. Um, so yeah, and it you know it has turned out to be uh, to be quite a good decision, I would say, because Oculus Quest is the um, the main headset at the moment. Looking at how it's performing, uh, some super data are expecting them to sell over a million units wow. uh, sometime next year. Uh, which is a far better start than we saw with Oculus Rift, for example. And it's really, and, and we see that from our first game, the sales on Oculus Quest for Apex Construct is, we've sold more units on Oculus Quest in four months than we did on the, all the other platforms in 18 months. So there is a high demand of this kind of VR headset on the market, and it's performing really, really well. So I'm so happy that we're you know launching on Oculus Quest together with the other platforms on day one, just in a couple of weeks. Mm. Or a few days from now, I guess, when, when you air this show. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the thing I noticed about is it looks like it's sort of game you can just dip in and out of. Um, whereas, it, you know, whereas, you know, a lot of gamers, uh, myself included, I can be quite guilty of getting into sort of like uh, things like Red Dead Redemption, where there's over 70 hours of gameplay. <laughs> And, and and getting hooked on that, um, but there's also you know what looks good about um, a curious tale is you can you can just sort of like dip in and out of it and just do as much or as little um, as as you feel like uh, at any given time. Was was that a deliberate intention of make, to make the game kind of like that? Yeah, absolutely. So not everyone is comfortable in be uh, to be in VR for very long 
periods of time. So it's nice to maybe have a short play session if you want to, but you could play longer as well. So you're absolutely right. That was something we thought about from the start. And another thing I noticed, you got you got all sorts of cute little characters. And I'm just wondering if there's um, any particular animation styles um, or and any animated characters um, that have kind of like informed or inspired uh, the, the look of A Curious Tale. Yeah, so I am uh, animated by trade. I'm employed here as an animator, and I worked on uh, the animations for Apex Construct. And uh, when making this game, I obviously wanted to put animation in focus. And when trying out the idea, I had this thought of maybe stop-motion animation or the look of stop-motion animation would suit this game well. So all the characters are animated on twos, which means there's only animation on every second frame. So it look, it gives it kind of like a stop-motion animation feel, and I think it really suits the diorama worlds. Yeah, it, 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 you know, that's what I was thinking of. Um, I'm trying to think of the... The, 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 there, was a, there was an animation studio, I think back in the 70s and 80s, they did a lot of Christmas cartoons where it was sort of like um, um, stop motion models. I can't remember the name of the studio, but it kind of puts me in, in, in mind of that, only, yeah. only a cleaner sort of like end result. Yeah, exactly. The, the way, way it's done, but I can't remember the name of the studio, it's really annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> There was a lot of uh, really nice uh, claymation done today by Ardman and uh, other studios. So it's uh, it was nice to bring it into uh, video games, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now, obviously, you're releasing this on, on November 14th, which is pretty close to Christmas. Yep. Um, is, there, is there, you know, well, I know this is another way you build a snowman. <laughs> 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 and. Is there any sort of other Christmassy type of uh, levels in there? And then, you know, will, will there be like be is there like a special DLC that's being held back to to come out around about Christmas? So what I can say is that we are looking we're looking into some ways to um, uh, implement some fun around Christmas, um, but I can't give you any details at the moment. Um, it all depends on how well the game game comes together now for the, in, in the last few weeks of development and publishing, basically. Uh, but we do have an idea of uh, adding something fun to the game for Christmas. Yes. Because because looking at it and looking at the way it's all set up, it, it, it kind of seems to me that you could probably have fun adding things to it uh, with, 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 with pretty much all, all of the holidays. <laughs> Yeah, I, absolutely. I think it's a very, like, it's a seasonal game. There's, of course, there's a summer cottage, summer world in the game. Then you have the winter world with, you know, a snowman and all that. Um, we think that this game will become a success. We really, really hope so. And if that's the case, uh, we are already discussing internally on how to, you know, expand on the Curious Tale brand, so to speak. If that means, you know, more content to the existing game or working on a sequel, we'll have to see. Uh, first and foremost, we have to release the game and make sure that everyone understands just how good it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the number one thing right now. Well, the, the way I see it is, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really hopeful that it will be a success for you guys. I'm sure it will be. Uh, because there's nothing quite like it in the marketplace at the moment, which 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 would appeal to all ages. 
Um, yeah. So you know, I'm 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 hoping that is a big seller. And I I also think that the the the, the decision to release November 14 for is is probably a really good marketing marketing choice um, with, with 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 you coming up towards the holiday season and stuff like that because. I'm pretty sure Oculus Quest is going to be uh, going to be a big seller this Christmas. I, I think so too. As long as they have stock in retail, uh, which is always uh, you know a struggle for Christmas periods for new headsets or new uh, consoles launching the same year. But I, I actually believe that this will be the Christmas gift of the year in many countries around the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point, you know, we will be a very unique game on the platform and one of relatively few releases actually uh, available for Oculus Quest. So I agree, it's uh, it's really great that we can get this game out in November. Of course, it's a competitive season as well, so there are a lot of other releases that are, that are coming, which are, you know, some look really, really nice. But we strongly believe that The Curious Tale is something unique to the mix, and we shouldn't fear any competition from the bigger shooters, whatever. Well, you know, just just looking at the looking at the art style, and I actually did watch uh, Mike over at Virtual Reality Re- Oasis. Um, yeah. Playing play another of it last night, um, I was just sort of like watching, you know, his video where he was demoing the second level. Um, believe it or not, I'm in the UK, he's in the UK, but we've never actually met, and we don't really because um, my 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 site it's um, it it covers. Um, Kind of multimedia, so I don't really, I don't just cover gaming. I cover some yeah. like comic books and movies and stuff like that. So I'm a jack of all trades <laughs> and master of none. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but you know, um, I, I'm really excited for you know for for the game based based on what I see, and I just can't wait to uh, have have a look at it and um, you know, sort of like um, even write about. It. I mean, I can actually see the potential for you actually being able to spin it off and. And uh, you know, do 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 an adventure game, but keeping yeah. the puzzle elements in it. So it's just sort of like it just seems to have so much potential. From it's good, from it's good to hear, you know, from someone like you as well, because we believe that. But it's uh, you know, we we keep hearing this more and more from different people in the industry and even outside of the industry as well who who tries it for the first time. So yeah, yeah. Cheers, thanks. It's, it means a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you've you've also um, as as a company the you've, you've you've done Apex Construct, which is a game that can eat up a lot a lot of hours. <laughs> um, because I, I've played it myself, um, and um, you know I I just I, I I've not gone back to it. Um, I played it for a couple of hours, but I've not chance to go back to it because I've just not had the the level of time and commitment that I'd need. Right. To, to to get through get to get through through lots of it, but what I did play of it, I I enjoyed. Uh, but you've also got a you, you've got you you've done a collaboration, haven't you, with another uh, with another software company um, on on a VR game, um, um, Office Space, is it? Almost, it was um, very close. Uh, it's called Budget Cuts. Budget Cuts. That's what, uh, Office Space so, was the other one. <laughs> Office that, Space that, is a TV show, I think, but uh, or a movie. I don't can't remember. That, but uh, you are actually inside the Office Space in the first game, so you're mm-hmm. you're half the way, you know, half correct. Yeah. But it's true. We we are a very busy team at the moment. Uh, James and his team, you know, working to finalize the Curious Tale, and we have another section of uh, fast travel game now, who's uh, teamed up with a studio here in Sweden in Stockholm called Neat Corporation, and uh, together with them, we are uh, launching the sequel to 
one of the bigger titles in this VR era called Budget Cuts. Uh, the demo came out already in 2016 and was highly appreciated by you know VR players around the world. And then the main game, the first game, came out last year. It's basically an action stealth um, game where you... Uh, where robots have taken over the world and basically made humankind uh, not needed anymore. So we have to find a way to to end the robot domination and make sure that humans actually have a reason to exist again. Mm -hmm. So the first game uh, was a massive success and now we are it's quite interesting. We're starting now to see sequels pop up in VR, which uh, has taken, of course, a few years. But this is really like the second wave of VR games coming out now on the market. So on December 12, we will be releasing, together with Need Corporation, uh, the sequel that is called Budget Cuts 2, Mission Insolvency. Uh -huh. That's um, something completely different from uh, The Curious Tale of the Stolen Pets. It is, but the, uh, the the theme of robots taking over the world, it, it almost seems to me that you could say that Apex Construct is the unofficial, is the unofficial sequel to the, to Machine yeah. Solvency. <laughs> I think that's the end result. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, in, in Apex Construct, yeah, you, you did fight a lot of robots, but uh, more importantly, you, you were sort of stuck in the battle between two AIs who tried to control you and get on their side, basically. Body cuts this a bit more straightforward you know the robots are the enemies now and you have to sneak around and hide and throw knives at them or, or or take them down basically while while you know sneaking around and exploring the environments so the first game was as you mentioned office space you, you actually it actually took place almost completely inside the office space um where robots had replaced humans to to do the jobs basically so you, you stuck around in the office space and you went into air vents and uh, crawled around just to stay alive. But now, in the sequel, you're taking a more proactive role, so you're actually going to get into the robot's headquarters and try to take the whole robot corporation down, which is called Transcorp. So mm -hmm. it's, um, it's a bigger game than the first game. You have more variety on enemies and levels, and there's more verticality in the levels as well. You have more gadgets, and there's also a bow in the sequel. Yeah, I, I so, yeah. I've seen a sequence. I think I've seen a sequence of the gameplay where that that where you're on top of a train. Is that is that the right one? Yeah, exactly. That's uh, it's a really exciting level. I think <laughs> just to stand on top of the train when it's moving at high speed, and you have these tunnels coming at you that you have to like you know crouch to to stay away from. Uh, and and of course you have robots on the on the train roofs as well. So uh, you can actually decide to jump down and go into the train wagons and go through them, or you can go up on the on the roof basically and proceed that way. So there's a lot of uh, uh, options for the player to decide his or her own way forward basically what's best for each uh, for each occasion. But yeah, that's that's an example on you know how this game is taking the player out from the office space and into more, you know, maybe more exciting environments, more dynamic and thrilling. Mm -hmm. um, question, question both is um, virtual reality. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, it probably would have been out of reach of of the average uh, of the average Joe on the street because you you needed a really powerful gaming PC and uh, and this and that. 
do you think that the do you, do you think the Oculus Quest um, is probably the first of a wave that's going to kind of make it? You know, it's kind of like the beginnings of mainstream, a bit like the Nintendo SNES was, and the and the Mega Drive was sort of like kind of like the beginnings of the console gaming. You know, where, where do you see it going in about another twenty years time? Well, I I agree. I think the Quest is the first headset that's really interesting for the majority of the, the people who are interested in VR. It's it's cheaper, it's easier to use, and it's very portable. So it's it's a lovely device. And I think personally, I think this is the way forward. Um, as hardware gets better and we can cram more juice out of these headsets, we'll be able to play high end games in them as well. So. To play VR without the uh, the cable is just uh, wonderful, and uh, I think that's worth more than the visual fidelity many times. So uh, it's exciting times for VR, and it's just going to get better. So it's uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I agree. There's I mean there's another spectrum of the industry, which is you know the the side of it who tries to push the high-end experience, the high-end fidelity and all that, the field of view and all that. So Valve Index came out just a couple of months ago and it's doing quite well and it's mm-hmm. aimed towards a completely different kind of player where you you know, you ha- you know know that the player who gets the Valve Index, they do have a power horse gaming computer and that's the player, the hardcore player for you know lack of better words, that are willing to spend money on the best uh, equipment out there. So I can absolutely see both these kind of headsets coexist for some time. But I do think it's the Oculus Quest kind of headsets that are expanding the VR audience and, uh, you know, potentially pushing it into mainstream, whatever the definition of that is. But, you know, similar to iPhones or home console video games back in the 80s. Uh, it's bound to happen at some point, and I think Quest is a is a huge step towards that. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think the potential is for it? Because there's so much uh, more to to VR than, than than just gaming. I mean, you know, I, I I often I use a program called Big Screen to watch movies on. <laughs> Adobe picture quality isn't as good as it is on my 4K TV. It's, it's still quite a cool experience to be able to sort of like watch, you know, watch movies in a virtual reality environment with, with loads of other people um, and, and, and attend events and stuff like that. Um, do, you, do, you think that, do you think that side of things is likely to grow? And can you ever see that side of things crossing over with, with games development? I think so. Uh, It's bound to happen at some point. I mean, uh, aside from VR, there's development happening in the AR, the augmented reality segment as well, and a mixed reality where you have sort of a mixed uh, in between VR and AR. So there's a bunch of things pushing each other forward. I think uh, outside of games, from my perspective at least, the most uh, most exciting thing for uh, a virtual reality experience would be to attend a live soccer game on the best seat in a massive stadium like the Champions League final but I do it from my couch basically cool. where I, I sit behind the coach and the, and the team you know I can hear them, what they say live in VR or I go to a concert and I stand in the front row in the middle um, listening to and watching a live concert with an, with an artist I mean these things is you know a fantasy to many, but it's already steps has already been taken to that. I mean, in, in the US, there's something called the Next VR, who's actually broadcasting basketball games from courtside, 
the tickets are crazy expensive, of course, uh, and it's not going to be for everyone at this point. But those kind of experiences, they, they really, really thrill me a lot. And of course, it's going to be overlapping between gaming or game-like experiences and the more entertainment-like experiences like that, definitely. A th- thing I'd love to do is um, to... You know you got movies at the moment. Wouldn't it be cool if you could sort of like... Uh, movie was made in such a way that you could actually walk around and, and be sort of like, instead of being in the audience, but just sort of be in the film and witness it all from, 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 from first person. Yeah, as, as it was going oh, no, I, I totally agree. It might be the future. There are a few uh, films, you actually, like animated films that you can download for the different headsets where you can actually watch a movie or a little short film made specifically for VR, and it's quite, quite exciting. Yeah, we saw something called Gloomy Eyes on uh, Raindance Film Festival, where we were, you know, nominated and eventually won the Best Immersive Game Award. Gloomy Eyes was just amazing. Uh, where you look at this this uh, movie, this animated movie, taking place all around you, basically. Mm-hmm. So the scene moves. It's small characters, like dioramas almost, but they move around you. And if a character falls down, you have to look down on the floor to see what happened and stuff like that. It, it makes a lot... It, it does a lot for... Uh, the immersion and the interest from the viewer, I think. Um, okay, well, we're all we're all gamers, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, you guys, you guys, obviously in development side of things and stuff like that. Um, a, a question that I, I'd like to kind of ask is: um, Are there any games, you know, from 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 back in the day uh, that you that you'd love to see developed in VR just to see how it'd work? Good question. I haven't really thought of it. Um, I'm sure there are. I have one. I mean, and it touches upon what you said before, Ian, about sports. Um, I have a game that I keep playing now, even like 20 years after it came out, or 25 years even, Mm -hmm. maybe even more, uh, which is uh, International Track and Field on PlayStation 1. (laughs) Oh, man, I want that game as well. I love that game. I mean, we we keep pushing the high scores... Uh, you know, we still do that. I mean, we still trim a second here and there on the 100-meter hurdles or whatever. Mm. So, you know, in my fantasy, I can see myself playing that kind of game in VR in my very big kitchen that I have at home, just removing all the furniture and then, you know, spinning around to throw that hammer throw or, you know, jumping over hurdles like that. I'm not sure if I, you know, want to do that today, but as as a fantasy to be in a stadium like that and, you know, try to uh, live the road as a, as a proper athlete. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a pretty cool idea, uh, at least. <clears throat> well, back in the day, I was a track and field athlete. Um, I actually, um, I, I actually um, did, did, did the CAFMA back in Sorry. the day. Oh. So, <laughs> so I, I, loved, I, loved the, I loved the experience of um, doing that, but I, I, unfortunately it was cut short due to injury. Right, me, so. right. Well, maybe VR can take you there someday. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a couple of games that are not quite as old as that, but games like Half-Life and uh, uh, Quake that you actually can play in VR now. So if you if you buy the game, there are mods to be able to play it on your Quest, and that's uh, that's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. yeah. That that that'd be cool. Um, I mean, I, I'd love to see the uh, the the. The original Star Wars trilogy of games that came out on Nintendo SNES back in the day. I'd love to see them them redeveloped for VR. Um, yep. 
have you played the uh, Vader Immortal on Quest? It's oh cool. yeah, that is great. I've got both yeah, parts. It's a, of that. a step towards that. So yeah, yeah. realizing yeah. that Star Wars fantasy you had. Yeah, the the, the only trouble with that is, um, and this is the trouble with my 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 situation with VR generally is I don't really have the floor space because I'm in a small one bedroom flat. So finding an area where I've got six foot by six foot. Uh, yeah. is very difficult even if i move so even if i move furniture so what i end up doing sometimes and i do it more in the summer than than, than the winter is i've got a really really big back garden right so nice. I go out into the back garden and, and i kind of wait till the sun's go down gone down yeah. a bit so i'm not damaging my headset and yeah i i i play there and look like a complete idiot as people <laughs> walking past <laughs> Who cares? I mean, so maybe you've seen this, maybe you haven't, but um, this this summer after the quest, Oculus Quest was uh, released, uh, we teamed up with a YouTuber uh, called Jugon Virtual and had them play a whole mission of Apex Construct on a football field only using body movement. So there's a video online who shows this guy running around, you know, dodging from bullets and actually doing a dodge roll on the ground with a headset on. <laughs> it's it's 15 minutes of him just, you know, just using his body to move around. No artificial locomotion, no sticks, no nothing like that, which is like, yeah, it's the coolest thing that he's done, he said. Uh, and of course, this is not something you should try at home by yourself because you need people to watch out for you while you play so you don't run into a dog or a kid with a football or something. Um, but in, in theory, you could play uh, any game really on the Oculus Quest now anywhere and, and play them how you like. If, if, of course, a developer supports that kind of movement in their games, which we did for Apex Construct. I just think it's just an amazing experience i mean you know it's there's loads and loads of potential of it i mean uh one of my favorite titles um is box vr mm-hmm. <laughs> you know with the boxing yeah. i'm not really into um into the other one where you're whacking the you know i'm not really into beat saber that's not my thing yeah um but box vr i, I kind of like that one um and um i've just about got the space for that one <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, it's it's just a, uh, you know, it's amazing. It's a, it's an amazing fitness application, and uh, I, I won't be surprised if in a couple of years' time you see, um, you know, how we had the uh, the step craze back in the back in back in the you know mid nineties where people were stepping up on those things. It won't surprise me if we we have a, um, you know fitness you know community fitness things run with vr headsets you know on on, on things like beat saber and box vr and stuff like that you know as, as it gets more and more mainstream no i think you're right and, and uh, there's already been cases of games that have uh, uh, got people out of the chairs and moving about like we fit for the wii and uh, nintendo has another fitness uh, game coming up now and People have lost weight by playing Beat Saber as well, so I think you're right. It's a it's a great way of activating people who are normally not that interested in uh, doing sports, maybe, but playing games and losing weight at the same time. That works fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe maybe we should just add that you know, as as fun as that sounds, fast travel games will not be making those kind of games at least for the nearest future. Our focus is very much on uh, story driven immersion games where you have fantastical worlds to explore uh, which won't make you lose a lot of pounds but it can make you feel fantastic 
while being in these worlds and hopefully you don't want to leave them it's a workout for the brain it is definitely yeah. that um and, and that that's that's just as important um yeah. what do, do you have any plans beyond um curious tale um we don't well body cuts 2 of course coming december 12 for pc and uh, i mean vive and oculus rift and, and valve index uh, after that, we haven't announced anything of what we're going to do. Uh, but we can tell you it's going to be pretty exciting once awesome. we announce it. Awesome. It's yeah. It's not going to. We're not going to stray from our path. Really, we're going to try to deliver something that is highly immersive and engaging, uh, focusing again on storytelling and world building, and doing what we believe we do maybe even best in the industry at the moment. So. Yeah, time will tell, but uh, we won't make any announcement this side of Christmas. So we're we're all just focusing on getting these two games into the market, and of course, you know, keep building on the Curious Tale. Perhaps if it really takes off, as we hope to. I I I think it really will. I'm 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 I'm, I'm keeping my fingers and toes crossed for you guys. Uh, and and the great thing is, you guys are based in Sweden, so you're not too far away from 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 here in Manchester, where I am. No, we're not. We're actually quite a lot in London, I'd say, for different reasons. We have, you know, the PlayStation European office is in, is in London. The VR Awards is in London. Raindance apparently in London as well. We have a lot of partner studios there as well, or VR studios, uh, friends in, in London. So Manchester is just a train trip away, right? It, it is. Um, it's, um, it's, it's a few hours by train. and It's probably an hour if you get the express train. <laughs> um, yeah. I still have to visit Old Trafford at some point. Never done that actually. Well, not that I'm a United fan, I should say, but I still want to watch a game there at some point. Well, I I only live about um, probably six miles away. Oh, nice. And I used to live um, about um, half a mile away from the training ground. <laughs> cool. Um, my dad was a big United fan, um, football fanatic. Um, took me to the reserve games when I was a kid. Um, I'm not really into football beyond playing FIFA soccer. Oh, right. I, I just yeah. I just support, you know, instead of supporting a team as such, I'll support a Northwest team, with the exception of Liverpool and Everton. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'd like to thank you guys for being on. It's been great speaking to you. Um, just to remind everyone that's listening, um, The Curious Tale... Um, comes out on November fourteenth, yeah. and um, and it's a really cool looking game uh, with lots of cutesy animated characters and uh, lots of you know great worlds to ex- to explore, and um, it also has one of the cleanest child's bedrooms I've ever seen, <laughs> <laughs> because my bedroom was nothing like that when I was kid. <laughs> <laughs> Mine neither. I had uh, a lot of hard rock posters on my walls. Mm. So yeah, well, I, you, can, you can mess around a bit in the in the bedroom, but it it uh, it converts back to your normal tidy room after a while. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, I've got a lot of guitars in my uh, my room at the moment, um, so I can and, and rock posters. But then again, that makes sense given that I'm a musician. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you guys for being on. It's been great speaking to you, and uh, the very best of luck with with uh, with the curious tale and uh, budget cuts too. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.